Welcome to Periop Talk, the perioperative-specific podcast where we discuss how to make surgery safer one podcast at a time. From Q&As with AORN guideline authors to interviews with OR nurses just like you, our goal is to always share practical information for you to take back to your OR. Hello and welcome. I'm Linda Groh, CEO and Executive Director of AORN. I'm here with AORN members, Mary Ogg and Deb Spratt. Mary is the author of AORN's Guideline for Sharp Safety, and while she recently retired, she remains a national expert on safe practices in operating rooms. Deb is a longtime member of AORN and past president of the association. She is the executive director of perioperative services at the University of Rochester's St. James Hospital. We're here to discuss the 2020 consensus statement and call to action for moving sharp safety in the healthcare agenda forward in the United States. Mary and Deb, why is it important that we discuss this this statement today? Well, hi, Linda, and thank you for this opportunity to discuss the consensus statement and call to action. This consensus statement is so important to increase the understanding and awareness of how Sharps injuries occur and to reinforce what nurses can do to prevent Sharps injuries. And we're glad to be here, Linda, to discuss how important it is that the nurses can take action and be extremely effective and proactive in influencing and protecting their team safety as well as their own. Well, I know that you both contributed to the development of the recently released 2020 Sharp Safety Consensus Statement. So why don't we start with the basics? How prevalent are Sharps injuries in the operating room? Well, from multiple surveillance systems, we know that 44% of Sharps injuries are taking place in the OR. And one of these systems have even had the number as high as 50%. For surgeons and residents, these injuries occur during their use. For other team members, such as the nurses, the surgical technologists, and sterile processing personnel, these sharps injuries occur during passing, disassembling, reprocessing, and disposal. It's also important to understand that sharps injuries are underreported, particularly in the OR. If a nurse or other team member is stuck during surgery, they often will just go ahead and tend to the injury and finish the case. Because of the stigma that's attached to needle sticks, team members are hesitant to fill out the incident report form or to call employee health. And these injuries come with additional risks, including exposure to HIV, HBV, and HCV, as well as other potentially infectious material. That's important for the entire team to understand. While it may be a small injury, it may result in untoward consequences. But why a consensus statement? What does it mean for the surgical team? Well, I'd like to start with some history. It was in 1992 when OSHA's bloodborne pathogen standard became effective. The purpose of the standard was to limit healthcare workers' exposures to HIV, hepatitis B and C, and other potentially infectious material. 
And this was accomplished by using protective, personal protective equipment, such as wearing gloves and eye protection. In 2000, the standard was amended with the Needle Safety and Prevention Act, which added engineering and work practice controls, as well as hepatitis B vaccinations. 10 years later, in 2010, interested stakeholders met to discuss sharp safety and to evaluate the current data on injuries and what could be done to reduce these injuries. While there was an initial decline after the bloodborne pathogen standard and that needle stick safety and prevention act, that decline stalled. So following this meeting, the first consensus statement and call to action was drafted as preventable sharps injuries continue to occur. Approaching the 20 year anniversary of that needle stick safety act, interested stakeholders met again. Unfortunately, little progress had been made in decreasing Sharpe's injury. The result of these discussions is the 2020 consensus statement. And for the surgical team, this means that there's still a great deal of work to do to reduce these Sharpe's injuries. And so this consensus statement brought key stakeholders together to refocus the attention on a workplace safety issue that is not improving, but we know are preventable. Who are the contributors? Well, the Sharp Safety Stakeholders Group, the contributors included representatives from AMA, OSHA, NIOSH, AORN, the Association of Occupational Health Professionals, the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, the International Safety Center, and manufacturing partners. The ORs interested interests were represented by Dr. Ahmed Goma, a surgeon working at NIOSH, Dr. June Fisher, a uh, retired trauma surgeon, two surgeons from industry, Penn Blade, had Dr. Taj Kanjo, and B. Braun had Dr. Angela Karp that was representing those two companies, and Mary and I represented AORN. Dajun Isaiah Lee, PhD, the Assistant Director of Simulation-Based Surgical Education and Training at the American College of Surgeons, was also involved in our initial discussions. What are some key elements in the statement for perioperative professionals? Some of these key elements are the users should be able to choose between several comparable and effective devices with Sharp's injury prevention features, such as safety scalpels. And there should be options for personal protective equipment, such as gloves and goggles, to meet their individual work practices, body sizes, and comfort. And the decision to use devices lacking Sharp's prevention features and other interventions should not just be the sole choice of an individual practitioner as many injuries are sustained by the other members of the team who are not the original users of the devices. While the consensus statement present several actionable items that nurses can bring to the attention of their teams, it is important to note the recommendations are in line with the AORN guideline for sharp safety, the American College of Surgeons statement on sharp safety, the AOS statement on the prevention of transmission of bloodborne pathogens and the Association of Surgical Technologists guidelines. These recommendations include double gloving, establishing a neutral zone, 
using skin closure alternatives and blood tip suture needles. We would also be remiss if we didn't mention the concept of situational awareness and a culture of safety. We have also published the consensus statement, as you know, online, and it can be found at aorn.org backslash sharps hyphen consensus. In the meantime, can you give us some examples of what perioperative nurses can do now? Well, the easiest and one of the most effective measures is to double glove. If your facility's SHARPS policy does not already require double gloving, each team member can independently decide to double glove. Double gloving is highly effective in reducing SHARPS injuries. A systematic review found injuries were reduced by 77% when double gloved with an indicator system. In addition, we also recommend personnel wear protective eyewear to reduce exposure to bloodborne pathogens. Establishing a neutral zone may be part of a facility's policy for sharp safety, and the perioperative team can opt to implement this safety measure. Implementing a neutral zone is also highly effective in reducing sharps injuries. Many times now, stapling devices are used instead of suture, and personnel must be careful during the loading, unloading, and reloading of the stapler. While the use of skin closure alternatives, such as those staplers, and using blunt tip suture needles to close fascia is the decision of the surgeon, OR nurses can offer and encourage these measures. Table three in the appendix of the consensus statement offers general guidance based on OSHA's bloodborne pathogen standard. Mary and Deb, I want to thank you for taking time to share your expertise in sharp safety and for serving on this very important task force that was focused on sharps injuries. You have offered several suggestions that we know work to reduce sharps injuries now. It is up to all of us to focus on implementation of your suggestions. I am Linda Grove. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll share this podcast with your colleagues, and we hope that you'll join us next time for Periop Talk.